I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. And like always, I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Josiah. Josiah, how you doing? Hey, Micah. Hey, guys. Hope you're having an amazing day. It's really a, an amazing opportunity that we get to steward to just come into your homes, your cars, your earbuds, your AirPods, however you're listening. We just want to say thanks for joining us on the journey. We have a heart and a passion to reach young adults, like Micah said, in our world today. And if you're brand new, joining us for the first time, checking out this podcast, wherever you're watching or listening, we just want to say again, welcome. A new episode drops every Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And where can they get it, Micah? Well, you can get it at youngadults.today and check out the podcast, whether it's through Spotify, iTunes, whatever your favorite platform is to listen in and through. You can even tell Alexa, right? That's right. Pretty what crazy. you want to listen to and she will help you find us. So rate us, review us, let we know, let us know what you're thinking about, what you've learned and what God's been speaking to you. So subscribe to that and we'll see what happens, right? And let's just dive in. Um, we're going to introduce our guest, but we want to welcome him onto the show, Joey. Weller joins us today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We're thrilled that you're here with us. Thanks for saying yes. And Joey Weller is the lead student pastor and also the college pastor at an amazing church in Corpus Christi, Texas. Um, church Unlimited has an amazing just impact on their community in Corpus Christi and far beyond extending really to the world through church online. They have an amazing presence um, just and, and heart to reach people online. We'll just touch on that a little bit later. It's also a very young church, vibrant, a lot of students, young adults, mm -hmm. young people, whether in middle school, high school, college, young adults, young families. And so Joey joins us and we're gonna talk about leading a young adult ministry. But before we do, Mikey, you just want to kick off the questions? I would love to kick off that first question. Well, we are thrilled to have Joey here speaking into the process. For all of you listeners who are youth and young adult, he'll be able to speak into some of that and with his experience. Definitely. And how do you manage that tension and balance those two amazing people groups and treat them both equally and with the attention that we have, right? Sometimes we get pulled in one way and learning those tensions and learning how to manage as a leader can definitely for be sure. challenging. But Joey, for the listener who may not know who you are, what you're up to, would you just start off by sharing maybe your story, your journey of life, faith, leadership, and maybe your family with us and our audience today? Yeah, of course. I'd be honored to. Um, so me and my wife, we're originally from a uh, suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. And so we grew up about 25 minutes south of Atlanta. Love wow. that city. It's where our families still are. They still live in the homes that we did when we were in school. And so met each other in high school. Uh, she did not want to date me initially, <laughs> <laughs> like most stories, right? She did not want to date me initially, uh, but we started dating um, our sophomore year of high school and have been dating ever since. And so we've been together uh, for, for a while. We'll say that. We'll just, we'll just say for a while. Wow. And, um, and so we've loved that. So we ended up getting married at the age of 19, very, very young. Uh, don't recommend it, but also still do because it worked out amazing for us. I uh, got married at 19, ended up, uh, you know, interning at a church, went, went to a summer camp, actually, where she invited me. And this is kind of like my how I got back into a relationship with Jesus, was baptized at five, 
went off and kind of did my own thing. I always say I put myself in the driver's seat, put Jesus in the back seat and said, I got my get out of hell, you know, insurance and I'm good to go, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, ending up went to the summer camp that she invited me to with her church and God radically changed my life at that camp. Uh, it's where I found, you know, hey, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So ended up talking with a pastor there at the camp. And he really encouraged me to just go and serve the local church. He was like, you don't know. You don't know what you're going to do unless you're going to serve. And so I started serving. During that time, me and my wife got married uh, and ended up moving to a town called LaGrange, Georgia, where I was interning at a church. And then I got an opportunity at a church on the north side of Atlanta to go on and, and help out with their student ministry as their student director. I always say I was the pastor of chairs because I moved a lot of chairs during that time. And so if you're listening today and you feel like you're the pastor of chairs, know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, But uh, moved a lot of chairs, ended up serving at a church in South Florida and then have been in Corpus Christi, Texas uh, for the last three years. And it's been amazing. Uh, It really has came on as one of our campus student pastors and then, uh, took over our student ministry about a year and a half in, and then uh, became the college pastor about six months after that. And so it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun, but that's kind of us, me and my wife, we have a beautiful daughter who will turn five this July. Her name's Josie. She's phenomenal. And then uh, we were joking before we we went live on this, but uh, we have a a dog. They asked me if it was a female. I said, no, I got to pick the gender of the dog. (laughs) So uh, his name's Neeland because we're a big Tennessee fan. And we love, uh, we love family time. We love our church and it just all goes together, which is what we love. And so it's been a blast. And that's how we got to Corpus Christi today in a, in a nutshell. That's incredible. And our paths, you're in my past crossed on Twitter. And I feel mm-hmm. like you are one of the bright lights on Twitter, encouraging <laughs> and just offering inspiration, encouragement, and kind of a bright light in what can sometimes be a dark place. Mm-hmm. And I, I always like seeing, um, you know, I think it's, is it Thursday nights? Thursday nights, Thursday you, nights. You always talk about, and others do as well, of how the best place to be in Corpus Christi on Thursday nights <laughs> is CU Church Unlimited College. And right. excited to talk more about that specifically. And first, kind of where I want to start the conversation and pick up is Mm -hmm. just this massive opportunity, at least Mike and I believe that it's a massive opportunity that is for local churches to reach out to college campuses, to Mm -hmm. college students, and whether that's a young adult ministry like CU students, whether that's a campus ministry like maybe Crew, InterVarsity, Mm -hmm. Chi Alpha to partner with what God is doing on campus. And um, specifically, I think what we can probably talk most about is just the opportunity that local churches have to to be a presence on campus and also be a place in the community where young people can get involved in the local church through young adult ministry, through weekend services. And can you just lean in, Mike and I might have some thoughts to follow this up with, but will you just talk about from your angle in Texas and Corpus Christi, and maybe for the broader Capital C Church, the opportunity that, that we have to reach young people through young adult ministry? That's exactly right. You know, I would say that if you're not where college students are, then you're not a college pastor. You know, like if you're if you're waiting for them to come to you, you're, you're going to be waiting. You're going to be you'd be left. And so, for us, campus ministry is is really what we do because uh, once again, that's where they are. That's their community. It's where they live in their dorms. It's yeah. where they eat, right? In the cafeteria, it's where they do all their studies. Like that is what they do. And so you need to be there. 
um, it's very important for us to be able to do that. And that's why I think in 2020, when COVID-19 shut everything down, it made it extremely difficult. And so you had to think of new ways to impact, right? The, the campuses and things mm -hmm. like that, which was, which was hard. But I would say uh, for us, leaning into the community, getting to know the crews, getting to know Chi Alpha, getting to know those clubs that already have an impact there and say, hey, you're a parent organization. How can we partner along with you? Mm -hmm. What can we wow. do with you? Like, we don't want to come in and take over. We want to already partner along with something that's moving in the right direction, right? And then you're able to make those types of uh, conversations with those leaders. And then don't be afraid. Go talk with the person that's in charge of the, of the clubs on, on site, right? Yep. Go and talk with the leaders on campus. Get in touch with the, you know, coaches, the, the um, president of the school, those kinds so of things. Good. Make sure that you're you connecting with the school in a ba major way because, you know, you might get a bunch of no's, but then there's that one yes that could change the entire ministry that you're leading. And that's a big deal. And so that that's big for us. Oh my gosh. I just, I think it's difficult to exaggerate what a huge, massive opportunity it is. Mm -hmm. You know, the world is getting darker and darker. There are fewer and fewer places that young people might come across truth and love and hope and joy. And I think historically, the college campus, the setting of the university has been a place where it's kind of been known as the devil's playground. It's mm -hmm. been a place of self-discovery for young people. It's been a place where um, kind of everything except, is accepted except maybe Christianity. And whether it's the f philosophical approach or just kind of self-discovery and exploration into drugs, okay. partying, drinking, um, kind of the world. I think that what an opportunity mm -hmm. it is for leaders like yourself, for leaders like us to just catch that vision right. of maybe changing the narrative and not come to me, but we're going to come to you. And I love what you said of if you're, if you're waiting for young adults to come to you at the local church, you're going to be waiting. But if you can flip the script mm -hmm. and adjust your expectations and maybe they're not coming to you, but nothing is stopping you from going to them and right. to be a presence on or nearby campus to maybe provide meals or shuttles or opportunities within the church. I think that's amazing. And mm -hmm. we need to double down in that. Right. I think COVID exposed the opportunity for creativity when it comes to ministry, when it comes to campus ministry, when it comes to a Bible study, just starting out, like getting creative, not only through Zoom and stuff like that, but we've had a lot of young adults in our group that we were brainstorming just a couple of weeks ago. And we're like, how can we continue to reach out to the community while being respectful and loving and kind? And they're like, well, we do encouraging chalk art. Like we find people that we know it's okay and they won't be upset if we just do some chalk art and just encouraging words at the end of their driveway that the rain can wash away and just let them know how much God loves them. You know, so it's like these 16 year olds that are our PSEO students are still wanting to reach out to their friends in the community in the uh, in the campus, in the campus, yeah. in the school, because we um, at Normandale are still 100% online. So to not be in the classroom and engage eyeball to eyeball, but from screen to screen changes it, the dynamic significantly. So we know that we've had to get creative and figure it out, right? <laughs> well, and hopefully we all take it as a charge to continue the creativity. Oh, right. As this episode airs, it's likely that we're mm -hmm 
you know, days and weeks away from a fall launch. Mm -hmm. And to, to bring that COVID creativity back into a fall launch that might be more opened up or more on campus. Right. And, and to brainstorm, like you said, and dream with students is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say like everywhere that you go, you're cut, you never take the, the college pastor hat off. Right. So like everywhere you go, you're a college pastor. So yes, campus ministry is huge and that's where you need to go. But Everywhere that I go, I see young adults working, right? Like good. when you go out to eat, th- those are young adults that are serving you, you know, like yep. those are young adults who are going to be seating you. You never take that hat off. And so that's also a good reminder for all of us of going, mm-hmm. man, there's always an opportunity. So that opportunity that God, that you've been praying to God for might be the lunch meeting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you, you know, you just never know. I've just, I've seen it. I've seen it. And so it's just been very, very special on how that works and connected with campus ministry is huge. Uh, we can't say enough great things about it. Right. And I think sometimes that we forget, even as pastors, we might be the answer to somebody's prayer. Like totally. we're not the ultimate answer, but we might be a connection point in their story of, well, I'm a server and God, if you really exist and I, somebody better show up and invite me to church today. You know, and if we are have the eyes and the ears and the heart that's in tune with the spirit in those moments, like you're saying, Joey, to recognize young adults are everywhere. And guess what, people? They're not going away. <laughs> they're not yeah, going and away. Something, and, and we feel the exact same way. So like here at the church, whenever we go out to eat, we just kind of been trained. And this is something that's great. If you're a college pastor, student pastor, pastor, if you're out to eat and a server comes and brings you your food, say, hey, is there anything that you need prayer for today? We're about to pray. We would love to pray. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the amount of people that just start crying. Wow. Because they're having to keep it together because they're working. Right. But you were that that light. And I just met with a girl the other day. Her her dad was had a heart attack that morning and she had to go to work. Wow. And she's like, this is what's been burdening me all day. And so you're exactly right. We might be the answer to other people's prayer or we might be there to partner along with them. So I, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's so fun to see. And Joey, we know that you're, you've taken over a new role, a new position, and many of our listeners are taking over an existing exactly. ministry. Yep. So maybe they were a part of it. Maybe they've come in as a volunteer and they were offered a position, or maybe they're just kind of that new person or on the block. And they're like, hey, I'm taking over this ministry. And how do I cast vision, develop a leadership team, keep or adjust the current um, leadership team, look at the volunteers, like, et cetera, all those things that we need to think about as leaders that maybe other people don't see or think about, but what is it like, or what has it been like taking over an existing ministry at your current church? And how would you encourage the listener today who may be in a similar season as you, you know, currently have gotten out of? For sure. Um, the great thing is the college pastor that was here before me, his name's Emil Verde, phenomenal, phenomenal yes. guy. He's actually our online campus pastor. He was doing dual roles uh, wow. while doing college and online. And because of COVID, our online ministry, like most churches, everything went online. So, so mm-hmm, you know, right. you know, that was that was a big need. But he's phenomenal. The great thing is I office right next to him. And so any of those conversations where, you know, in ministry, you have young adults or students or adults that are tied to a pastor. It was very simple because he's still there every week. He's there to champion me. We have a great relationship. So I'll say that I had a leg up for sure because of because of Pastor Emil. He's phenomenal. But taking on a new role, I think there's always going to be some type of shift. It's kind of like 
a ship, right? So I look at a cruise ship. You don't necessarily want to turn a cruise ship very fast because you have a, a way of sinking it. So it's gotta be slower. Um, that's, that's how I kind of see ministry. It's not a speedboat <laughs> at all. You can take a speedboat, you can go. But when it comes to a cruise ship, it becomes a little bit easier of moving. So did I, when I took over, were there a million things that I wanted to do? Of course, of course. Of course there is like any of us who are leaders, you know, you, you get the position that you've been praying for that God entrusts you with and you want to run with it. But I think the biggest thing is going, okay, for the first six months, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do what I know I can do. I'm going to reach new people. I'm going to preach good messages. I'm going to create great life group and small groups for our young adults. I'm going to do all of those things. I'm going to create a space for them to do life together. I'm really not going to change much. And then over time, I'm going to begin to talk with the leaders of the ministry. We always have those, right? Your core people. Then you say, hey, what do you think could be different here? They're like, well, I really loved it when this was happening, but I think we could do this. To where then within that six months, they're making the changes. You're reaching new people and those people that are there are okay with it. So it just kind of comes together. And you're not, you're not the one doing it. You're doing it alongside the ministry. Does that make sense? And so when it came for totally. us to be able to take over, you know, CU College, me and my wife, we really didn't change much, <laughs> to be honest. It was a great ministry already. But all we did was we just asked questions. Hey, what do y'all think could be better? And one of the biggest things was, is, hey, the transition from us hanging out before service into service is a little choppy that we just think that's a little odd. Okay, sweet. How can we change it? We asked somebody who's a volunteer. She said, I think we could do this. We made the change and it made the experience better. Like we just ask questions. I think sometimes as a leader, we're scared to ask questions and we just ask questions. And so that to me is the biggest thing that we did. Um, and then for us to be able to do dual roles, my goodness, it is, uh, it, you have to make sure that you are a self leader. You're a self starter. Um, mm -hmm. You are leading yourself strong because that can be tough if you're doing multiple roles uh, we want to make sure that we're able to do that. And so uh, my wife is also our kids pastor here at the church as well. And so there's three roles in our household. And we are we, we have to make sure that we're talking with each other on scheduling and things like that. Um, but I've heard it from so many, you know, COVID really caused a lot of churches to have to condense their staff and mm -hmm. say, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. And so as much of a blessing as it is, you know, you got to make sure that you're a self-starter, you're a leader. And you're on top of your game, but also trust your people, give volunteers stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be at every single small group pastor, right? Give right. it to volunteers. God has entrusted you with great people. Will you get burned sometimes? Yes, you will. And it's okay. Do not let that cause you to not lead people right. out of joy and out of grace. Continue to do that. God's entrusted you with them. Um, and that's really special. That's, that's, what's been able to help us do both roles. Uh, somewhat right. effectively, I feel. <laughs> I feel so like. good. And I think sometimes as pastors, we have an opportunity to lead leaders and we should hopefully be equipping them in the process of providing, whether it's material or direction or the ability to lead a small group, let alone lead themselves. So if they can lead themselves well and we can let go of the reins and kind of entrust them, like we talked about, and let them do their thing. And, and if we know the heart of their serving is true to the word of God and true to the vision of the church. And they're doing what we've asked them to do probably above and beyond. 
yeah, we don't need to be at everything. <laughs> Things start without us. Sometimes it goes better when we're not there. <laughs> it's, so Amen. True. it's so true. And it's spot on what you both just said. Uh, I think of Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 is really our charge. It's, it's kind of a requirement for leaders, not a recommendation. And Paul said it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his mm-hmm. people, God's people, for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Mm-hmm. And we get to be a part of giving meaningful ministry away. I, I love that. I think it's significant. And I think it's, you hit on it, Joey. It's one of the keys mm-hmm. to leading any ministry. And especially mm-hmm. if you're leading a church or you're leading um, multiple roles within a local church. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so key because oftentimes what, I guess what I see is I'll just say it is that, and this is no disrespect, but I just think it's the, the challenge if we're not careful is we'll oversee maybe a youth ministry, or student ministry, and then a young adult ministry as well. Kind of this next gen role is really popular. Mm-hmm. Not to mention if kids is added or nursery, early childhood. But what I see a lot of is the youth pastor has been the young adult pastor and the youth ministry gets 90 plus percent of the time, the energy, the momentum, and then the young adult ministry gets the leftovers. And so I'd love to hear your perspective on it because you're fresh in it right now. But can you talk about your experience, Joey, of leaning into the tension that is leading both a student ministry as well as a young adult ministry and maybe dive a little bit deeper into the, the nitty gritty of that? Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's exactly what you said. It, it can get messy. It, it is attention and it's attention that you're always going to have. Right. Right. Because that's something that you have to fight. I mean, in our, in our church, uh, just to say what numbers are, what numbers are, numbers aren't a big deal to me, but we have a college ministry of about 150 and we have a student ministry between five campuses of 500. Yeah. So when you look at it, you really have to trust your student pastors at their campuses. If you're going to be able to do college ministry effectively. And so by being able to oversee that and know, hey, man, I've got great people there. And guess what? I don't have to be involved in every single conversation. I trust them and I tell them that all the time. That way I can focus on college Mm -hmm. and I have a great team there. And what I know is that in college ministry, it's so important because there's more people leaving college ministry and leaving the church during 18 to 25 than ever before. And so we need them to be stuck to the church. And that happens through life groups. That happens through serving. That happens through that way. And so we need to make sure that we're able to do that. And that to me is honestly why young adult ministry is so important because of where student, you know, where college people are, but also that's the future church. Let's not forget you should be letting that young adult lead their life group because to them, they might be leading on a stage of thousands in 10 years. So they're going to think back to you and say, man, it's because I had that opportunity in front of eight that I'm now able to lead in front of 800 and 8,000, right? And so when it comes to that tension, though, you really have to be mindful because you can have your time and day kind of t- you know, turned over to student ministry. But when it comes to young adults, you have to make sure that you are doing that and have some people who are holding you accountable to that, not just your boss, because most of the time the boss of the next gen pastor wants to make sure, like you said, is student ministry good? Sweet. OK, whatever we get with college is cake because they're getting fed on Sunday mornings, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. So get somebody else outside your boss. Get those volunteers that are on that on that time who you know you can be real with and say, hey, if you ever see me now, there's going to be seasons 
when summer camp happens with student ministry, totally that you're going to see me kind of take a step back. I'll have some guest speakers come in and all those things. But if that ever becomes a thing and you're like, where is he at when it comes to college ministry? Is he making this a priority? If there's ever even a question, I have people in my life who I've told that who can call me out on it privately, of course, not in front of everybody, but privately and be like, hey, look, Joey, this is what I'm seeing. Is this true? And I can go, you're right. You're right. Or I can go, no, I don't, I don't think so. But don't get defensive. Take it like a, take it like a man or take it like a woman and then move forward. Right. Right. Uh, but it is a tension. And I think that's something that not everybody talks about because it's once again, like, Hey, as long as middle school and high schoolers are okay, college students are what they are. But I think that might be why we have to look in the mirror and say, is this why so many are leaving the church? Number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, that is the future church leaders. So true. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a church and you're, you're always having to look outside for your church staff, you can do a better job of that in your college ministry. That's your good. pastor and you, you should be his best friend because you're giving him all of his staff that already know the culture of the church. Mm-hmm. And if you have that relationship, then you're good. You're good. You'll, you'll do whatever you want to at the church because the pastor will, will always want you there. And so that that's a huge deal for me. And that's something that's a tension in my own life. That's good. Well, Joey, just even thinking about managing the tensions in life and the transitions of life, we know that obviously a middle schooler easily transitions into high school. They're still under their parents' roof more or less or under their you know authority that's you know overseeing their life. They're getting probably driven to church themselves. They're, they're bringing friends. They're loading up the vehicles, all that kind of stuff. And then we have the 18-year-old who has an opportunity to now drive themselves Uh, be a part of a new church, maybe they're away from their hometown, and they're getting connected because they've experienced the the community of the church in a positive light. And one thing that we see as one of the biggest challenges is connecting that 18 to 25-year-old, not only to young adults, but they hit that 24, 25 mark, they're landing their first job, they're wrapping up school, maybe they're single, maybe they're married, dating, engaged, depending on what season of life they're in. How has the transition or what advice would you have for somebody who has a group of 25 year olds? How do we get them plugged into the church and not have them be stagnant in our young adult ministries? Because I ask this because if we're going to lead youth and young adults as the, when you put the youth cap on, oh, I have all these volunteers and young adults. I'm going to sift through the people who are going to come from my young adult ministry and serve my youth. Now your young adults should be serving the church. How do we link arms with the church in a healthy way, preparing the 25-year-old for men's groups, women's groups, mixed groups of male, female, different ages? ages. Like how maybe you haven't hit that mark yet, but what would you speak into that process for the listeners? Like I have a bunch of 30-year-olds who still think they're 20. What do I do with them? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. No, we get those. We get those too. So they're everywhere. Everybody does. P.S. Every, this is one of the most frequently asked questions we get. Well, so, because they say, I'm 35 and I'm still single. I'm still a young adult, right? Uh, what's your no. definition of it's young hard. adult? It's, it's a hard <laughs> challenge. It is a, it is a hard thing. I think that you need to make it simple. You know, one thing that I love about our pastor, Pastor Bill Cornelius, he he always tells us, make things as simple as possible, simple for people to serve, simple for people to attend, do things that are simple for yourself. Don't make it complex, right? People don't like complexity. So like, do make it simple. And so for us, when they get to about the 24 to 25 mark, 
a big thing for me that I'm looking for is, are they involved in a life group? Not in a CU college life group. Are they involved in a life group? And are they serving? If they're involved in a life group and they're involved in serving, guess what? They're going to stay plugged into the church. Yeah, they will. And for so long, I think that the church has looked at it as like, okay, sweet. We get you to 18. Well, we did our job. You're going to go off and party in school. You'll probably make a few mistakes. And then when you have your first baby, you want them to be in church. And so we'll welcome you back at 30 or 31. And that, like you said, that first 10 to 11 years is like, what do we do? I think we need to make sure that they're involved in small groups or life groups, whatever your church calls them and are serving. If you get them doing those things, then they're good. They really are. I mean, every young adult that I've talked to, no one's leaving the church if they're really plugged into a life group and they're plugged into serving every single week in God's house and they're attending obviously and things like that. And so I think we just need to make sure that we do an audit of where we are as a ministry every year and say, awesome. I know that I have this couple that's coming up. They're probably, I've been talking to him. He's probably going to ask her to marry her, you know, or to marry him, you know, this, this upcoming year. So what we're going to do is we need to make sure that they're plugged into a life group or better yet, they're a rock star couple. We need to make sure that they're leading a life group of other 24, 25 year olds to where, guess what? When they get to that 26 year old mark, 27, they're now leading in our college ministry. Right. But also they're, they've got their small group, they're serving and they're doing those things. I just don't know if we're putting in the work as leaders, myself included, of going, do I know where my people are or am I just trying to fill a room? Like, right. like what, what does that look like? And so I think that's a big deal. We need to, number one, know if they're serving, if they're in a life group, but also like, where are they? Are they attending every week? What does their yeah. relationship with Jesus look like? And so if we can get them doing those things, I know for myself, if I'm plugged into a church like that, I'm not going anywhere. And so I would say the same thing for our young adults. That's great. That is great, Joey. I've heard it said that if you give people a job and a friend, they'll be satisfied. They'll, they'll stick. And I was actually just listening to the Andy Stanley leadership podcast this week. And he had a um, really successful startup guy has started up a number of companies. And that guy said that um, retention is the new acquisition in the startup world, in the business world. That's good. That that really applies to the church. And and I I just think that pairing evangelism with discipleship is the Jesus way. But if we can recognize that retention is the new acquisition, I think it's it's better to, to see someone follow Jesus for a lifetime and become a fully devoted follower of him and not only just start their faith and then fizzle. So what you're talking about is people Mm -hmm. on a journey, people in process of their faith and just throughout the seasons of life, but giving them that opportunity to serve, maybe to use their spiritual gifts and to to discover Mm -hmm. and develop, to deploy their spiritual gifts. And then also just um, as a leader, I think you touched on something that it's a challenge for myself and for, I think most, or if not most, many leaders. And that's, are we collecting crowds or dispatching disciples? That's good. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's just a really (laughs) massive challenge because the energy is different Mm -hmm. speaking to a larger room than it is a smaller room. And, And I think that sometimes we mistake the energy of a room dynamics versus the presence of God that is the same, no matter what room size there is. And so I would just ask you maybe for the person who's listening right now and they're wondering, are, are they making a difference? 
they're thinking about, man, is, is what I'm doing really matter? Am I making a difference? And they've had a, a challenging season. What would you say maybe um, of why they are making a difference and why young adult ministry matters? And what would your encouragement to be uh, for them along the lines of not giving up? That's good. Yeah, um, I would say, are you still living and breathing? And obviously, if you're listening, then you are. And so you're making a difference in the world in one way or another. Um, maybe it, I mean, it has been a challenging season, not even a maybe, like it's been challenging for all of us in one way or another. And I think for some of us, maybe our church isn't even back in person yet. We haven't seen our, you know, mm-hmm. young adults in so long, or if you're a student pastor or students in so long, uh, I want to encourage you right now. I mean, right now, go ahead and click pause and go to your phone and call mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. in your ministry Good. and just say, Hey, I got to be real with you. I'm struggling. Can I just talk with you? And can you just encourage me? Or you go and you encourage them. I've never heard somebody get off the phone after they called them and encouraged them and they felt worse about themselves. And so call them and encourage somebody. So hit pause right now, call somebody and encourage them and be open and honest. I think there's this this weird dynamic with us in church, uh, especially those that are on church staff, where it's like you have to be okay all the time. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we get into a point in church where you just need to be open and honest and real with your other staff members, but also your boss of like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Your feelings are valid. Your mm-hmm. feelings are valid. And so go and have those conversations. Say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. I, I, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So what is some encouragement that you have for me? And then go and get encouraged. That you know, last discouragement that you've been feeling for the last three to four months could be taken care of in an hour long lunch with somebody. Right. right. And that's, what's been so hard for the last year, especially through 2020 for those that didn't have somebody to encourage them to love them. And we saw depression go up. We saw suicide go up. Mm -hmm. We saw anxiety go up. It's because we need to be around people. Yeah. So if you're living and breathing today, you are making a difference. I want to be very, very honest with you, but also call somebody and encourage them right now and just say, Hey, just thank you for who you are. You might not have anything to even say to him. You might be like, I don't even know anybody to encourage right now. I don't even know what. Just call him and say, hey, thank you for being who you are. I just want to call and just say thank you and do that. And that that to me is big. That to me is big. That's so good. Well, Joy, we've come to one of our favorite moments of our time with you. And it's called the five in five. We love this part. Come on. So it is five questions that you get to answer in less than five minutes. Rapid fire. Do you think you're up for the challenge? Maybe we'll see. I think I'll be able to do it. I'm a long, I'm a long talker. Uh, my wife tells me all the time. She's like, you just like to talk. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm going like to listen. So, all right. So question number one, Joey, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Three words, uh, party. Number one, party. Number one, it's a party, uh, joy. Cause I try and spread that everywhere that I go. Um, and then father, if I could, if I could pick the third one, I really love to be a father to, to my daughter, but also a spiritual father to so many. That's so good. those would be the three. Let's go. Party, father, joy. 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 Amazing. Uh, dream <laughs> vacation. If you and your family were handed a blank check today. If somebody was listening and said, I want to bless Joey right now, I'll send you anywhere in the world. Where would you guys go? And what would you do for fun? Bro, this is wild. I was just talking about this last week. Um, <laughs> we would go. We would go to the Bahamas. Ooh. We would stay at the Atlantis Resort. 
because you can swim with the dolphins there. So you can take the kids swim with the dolphins. Um, they got daycare. You can drop the kids off at daycare and you and the wife can go out and, you know, get your night on, you know what I'm saying? Like you can do all that. And so that's the dream vacation for me. The Bahamas, they got that pretty sand. They got the blue water. When we were living in West Palm, we got a glimpse of, it. we were 80 miles away, obviously a lot of ocean between us, but we got Just a small glimpse to tease of it. You. <laughs> Just enough to tease you home. That's right. So that's the dream vacation for me. Excellent. Okay, Joey, here's the curveball. If you could ask Josiah and I one question, what would you ask us today? I've got this. What is it like to do ministry together? So oftentimes couples don't get to get to ask that question when they're together. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, what's it like to do to do ministry with your wife? What's it like to do with your husband? What is it like to do ministry together? I want to hear both your answers. Okay, you want to go first? Yeah, it's okay. it's the way. It's our it's the way we love it. It's it's the way we know it too. And both of us were called into ministry single, mm-hmm. didn't know each other. Both of us have experienced ministry and served faithfully um, as single individuals. But man, that was our prayer is that I'm a he, she's a she, but we are a we. And just knowing that we get to encourage each other, we've noticed that when one of us is down, rarely is the other one down. So you talk about somebody to pick you up, somebody to encourage you, Mm -hmm. somebody to challenge you, to call you out, Mm -hmm. to call you out and up in the same sentence and point you to Jesus, pray for you. There's almost every night I just lay down and I'm like, Michael, will you bless me? Will you pray for me? And And how do we get to do this? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Just an honor. And I guess, um, we love it. We love leading together. Um, and I think you're right that many people want to lead together, but it's maybe different than what they've seen modeled. Right. And it's maybe different than what they've experienced. So there's always going to be a learning curve, but man, we, it excites us to yeah. lead together. Yeah. I would definitely agree. Like we get to do life together. We get to do ministry together and I think we wouldn't have it any other way, more or less, because I think I was praying for a future spouse that that understood the fact that I was called to ministry and wouldn't be intimidated by that. But then if it was God's will, that they would also be called to, to ministry as well. And to be able to do that together and to serve a vision that God has given us as individuals prior to marriage is just even more satisfying. I think uh, many people, I would say, like, if that's one of your desires, pray into that. Yeah. Number two, identify your roles as a male and as a female within the ministry. What are his strengths are not my strengths. I'm like, you want to do the tech side? Well, you can have it. You want the most social media side? You can have it. I'll plan the parties, the events and the hospitality side when it comes to that. So if you can balance each other out and understand that giving yourself a grace period. And I always say it's like, Uh, being on a a bike, a tandem bike, and you're both trying to get in cadence with each other. And when one's pressing the brakes and the other's trying to go forward, you're not going to get very far. But if you each are pedaling in the direction that God has called you, your ministry is going to go smooth. Your marriage is going to go smooth. And God is just going to bless you in the process. So I would say those are some fun tactics and to know when to not, I'm going to say shut ministry off. Like that's maybe not the best term, but to know when you're dating and your date night is beginning and to say, like, Hey, we're not going to talk about kids. We're not going to talk about anything. Like, how is your soul? How are you doing? How are we doing? Where am I falling short as a spouse? What have I been holding back and not even realizing like your love language is words of affirmation. Have I been affirming you enough? So just some fun tactics that we've learned throughout. And I would say also Josiah is not 
the one that needs to be up front with a microphone and I'm sitting in the corner silence, just nodding and vice versa. Like we are both up front leaders that just, we're not trying to hog the spotlight from ourselves, like each other or anybody else. It's like, we're a team and how we, um, promote ourselves and how we brand ourselves is how people receive us. So it's not like, Oh, Josiah. Oh, Micah. It's always Josiah and Micah. Yeah. Josiah and Micah. So even if you're looking to like brand yourself well and feel like one of you is not going to get left behind, or maybe the one of you is getting run over how you brand yourself from the beginning is how the rest of the world or the church world may see you. So those are some fun tactics that we've learned in the midst of serving together that people have spoken into and that we've discovered on our own. And maybe that's all I probably took five minutes. <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think that what I love is, you know, you said you got to know when to turn ministry off. Well, I don't think you ever turn ministry off. Right. I think it just becomes a different ministry because right. then it's the ministry to each other. Right. Yes. Yep. And yes. that's, I mean, my goodness, if you don't get that right, nothing else matters. It right. really doesn't just like you got to get relationship with Jesus. Right. And so I love that. I love that. I'm encouraged. This is amazing. I love that. Good. That's good. She said it so well when she said, we get to three words mm-hmm. we get to. And I, I remember hearing Pastor Louis Giglio from Passion share on First Peter uh, 2, 9 and 10. And it's that beautiful passage, but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And then these three words that you may, mm-hmm. that you may, it's, we get to mm-hmm. declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. There's been a transformation in her once you are not a people, mm-hmm. but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you receive mercy, not trying so to good. preach, but just honing in on, we get to that we may, yeah. you know, I think that that's such a, pivotal teaching for me that we don't have to do this. There's a lot of other things that we could do, but we get to do this. So just a reminder from me Mm -hmm. and for the listener too. And Joey, back to you, question four of five in this um, Atlanta Braves, Minnesota Twins, home run derby. We're getting towards (laughs) the bottom of the ninth, the last two questions. Uh, What's your greatest fear in ministry? Oh man, this one's good. This one stumps me. Greatest fear in ministry, I would say the greatest fear in ministry is that I didn't make an impact. You know, you you go through a year and you don't feel like you you did anything. Um, I think that that's why when everything shut down last year, it was such a uh, big deal wow. for, for staff members of yeah. churches because you're so used to being around people and you're doing stuff and all these things. And God put a pause button and said, hey, let's let's pause. And now we're going to do it a different way. But I'm also going to give you some time to be at home. I'm going to give you some time to connect more with me, right? Like I'm going to be able to do that. And so I think my biggest fear is that I go through not even a year. I go through a month and I look back and I go, God, did I not work hard enough? And not that it's about my work, but God, did I not give my everything, my all, Mm. because you've given me this time and and these things to steward. Right. Did I make an impact? Mm -hmm. And an impact is not always, you know, did I baptize a thousand people? And impact is, man, did I take time to get that lunch with that young adult that I told I was going to get lunch, right? And so I think that's my biggest fear is looking back and going, man, I didn't make it as big of an impact. And there's been seasons of my life where I look back and I go, God, I probably didn't do as much as I could have. Mm -hmm. And so those kind of things are when I think through and I go, man, I want to make sure I go and do that. I have never, ever uh, said yes to a serving opportunity 
and been upset after leaving it. Huh. Right. right. I've never done that. And so that's my biggest fear. That's good. And you said something, you said something about a pause, like this year has been a pause. And I'm like, COVID, I think for everybody, when, when a pause becomes a reset, reset my family, reset my ministry, reset my heart for you, take me back to my first love, reset, fill in the blank. So I think 2020 was an abrupt reset, whether we took Good. advantage of it and we stewarded it well, or we stood there shell-shocked for 10 months. Amen. Um, we will have to answer that later, but... Holy cow. That was so good. All right. Question number five, last and final question, Joey, what legacy do you and your family want to leave behind when it comes to young adult ministry? Man, it it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? With future staff. If I look in 10 years and I get to look around our staff here at our church, but also Facebook and, and people texting me going, Hey, this is what happened at our young adults ministry or I'm a pastor out here. Or, you know, I do this with the church. If I can do that in 10 years and me and my wife are getting text messages like that. Oh my goodness. I'm getting teary. eyed thinking about it. Cause we have some amazing people in our church right now that have been hired since we even came on where they're in adults ministry. And I'm able to look around at our all staffs and say, man, I, I made a small impact in that person's life. And I think that to me is the biggest legacy. And that's what I want to be known for the day that I die, whether it's tomorrow or in, you know, 70 years, the day that I die, I want to be known for, man, he just made an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the biggest thing because really what else here matters in the world, right. Right? right? God gives us people in front of us every single day to make an impact. And so I think that to me is the legacy that me and my wife both want to leave is it's an always an honor when we get invited to, you know, uh, officiate somebody's wedding, yes. uh, when it, whether it's students or, you know, young adults or, or things like that, that have been a part of our ministry. It's always an honor mm-hmm. because you get to know like, man, they want me to be a part of their special day. I made that much of an impact. And I think that's the legacy that me and my wife and our daughter, we all, we're in this thing together yeah. that we all want to make. That's so good. Joey, I think that you touched on so many amazing things and just the fun side note that's um, less inspirational, just more informational, but Young adult pastors, if you're new to this thing, you're probably going to get asked to officiate a lot of weddings compared to maybe other, just because of our age demographic that we're ministering to is people who typically want to get married and they're in a season of life where they're able to get married. So that's just fun. But Joey, man, what a great conversation. We just want to say thanks in a busy season, in a busy, um, just church, the life of your church for you to just press pause for a minute and spend some time with Mike and I and um, invest in the audience of listeners. We just want to say thanks for your time and investing us into this conversation. Yeah, it was such an honor. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Good. <laughs> I love it. And I hope the next time that we uh, hang, we're either at a Braves game or a Twins game. I think that'd be some fun. Yes. Or here in Corpus Christi, the beach. Yeah. <laughs> that oh, would be fun beach. too. Okay. That Praise trumps God. the other ones. <laughs> the beach is calling. Come on. <sighs> and if you're listening, we'll just wrap things up by saying you can find out more about Joey Weller, CU College, and Church Unlimited when you connect with us on the website, in the show notes, or at youngadults.today. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah signing off with Joey Weller.
thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in, I'm all wired up right now. Plug me in, I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.